Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea. It's the inspiration station for everyday people guiding humanity forward. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan, and every week I pursue conversations that matter with people who can relate to the common struggles we all face. You'll get to know the person behind the profession and find commonality with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Listen as friends, neighbors, and coworkers offer meaningful, personal explorations of modern life and the values we hold dear, all for the purpose of strengthening and uplifting others. Thank you for tuning in to Tuesdays with Andrea podcast and welcome to 2021. Today we have special guest Sam Nunez. Last year I started off season one with a public servant from my hometown, Aurora, Illinois, and this season we're doing the same. So welcome Sam Nunez to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you for having me on the show. um, I'm honored that you're here and uh, let's get to know you more. I mean, you're, you're running now for Aurora trustee. Is this correct? Yep. Aurora Township trustee actually. Yeah. And what is this position? Tell us about yourself and the work that you're, you're doing. Yeah, sure. So um, I've actually been involved, I guess, um, in politics since the age of 16. Uh, I had a local mentor uh, that many folks may know, Art Velasquez, who was part of the LULAC Council's 5218 chapter. And he actually got me involved in uh, the LULAC chapter there. And that's kind of like where this all began. Um, And at the age of 18, um, I was uh, actually assigned as a precinct committee person um, from where, well, where my mom is living currently. So basically what that is, is um, obviously we have the city of Aurora and the city split up in different wards. Each ward has different precincts in them. Um, So it was my duty as a precinct committee person to basically go out into the community and basically knock on doors with a lot of constituents and just talk to them about some of the issues going on and act kind of like a liaison basically between the elected officials, whether it be city or any other local municipality and and myself and just basically relaying those informations. Um, And that's kind of like where it all started. Um, From then on, you and I actually served together at the Aurora Hispanic uh, Advisory Board there with the city of Aurora for quite some time. And we had a lot of good times and uh, a lot of hard work that had to be done for the community. But um, community work has always been something that I've been involved in in many aspects and many facets throughout the years. And I'm a young man, I'm 29, almost hitting 30. So uh, I just like to keep pursuing this uh, career uh, more so than anything. Um, and now I'm looking for um, my candidacy for Aurora Township trustee. Um, yeah. And what, what is the Aurora Township trustee? Sure. Um, if I may ask first question though, do you know about the Aurora Township government? No. No, that's okay. Actually, um, and I asked that because last night we had our first public forum. Um, the, uh, the Aurora Democratic Central Committee actually hosted it uh, via Facebook. And that's- Wait, this is separate from Aurora City, City of Aurora government, right? Yes, huh? two separate entities. So two separate. So Aurora over here, and obviously at a larger scale. And then we have township government over here. And there always seems to be like a misconception per se, People who think of Aurora Township think, oh, I have to live in unincorporated Aurora to be considered part of Aurora Township. But Aurora Township actually encompasses a large area that's both unincorporated areas and city limits as well. If I just give you a quick idea, it's Orchard Road going out west. Um, South, we'd go a little bit past Montgomery Road. East, it's kind of like at the county lines, and then north, it's kind of 56. So that Mm. is what encompasses the Aurora Township government. 
And like I said, it's a separate form of government and they provide basic resources that a lot of folks in the community aren't even aware are at their disposal. You know what I mean? Like what kind of resources? So the main functions of a township government are just three things. It's general assistance and it's also assessing, obviously like a township assessor that assesses the homes. And then it's uh, maintenance of the highways. And that's why they have the township uh, highway commissioner there. Um, But the role of a trustee is really to kind of oversee all of that per se, budgets, policies, procedures, things of that nature. But my main focal point is the idea that there is a branch of the township government that's mandated by state law to ensure that we provide these services through general assistance, through programs such as that are offered, such as the Aurora Township Youth Center that they have, the facility on Gale Street there, 313 Gale Street, um, that many in the community aren't even aware of and they're not utilizing. And that's really what brought me into this. Um, Back in 2011, I uh, was hired on as a youth advisor there at the Aurora Township Youth Youth and Senior Services Center. Um, And my role, you know, encompassed a lot of after-school programs and ensuring that, you know, we oversee the programs that children from the age of 7 to 17, huge age gap, by the way, but basically overseeing programs, after-school programs, mentorship, um, tutoring services, snack programs, because a lot of these children obviously had nothing to eat between the times they got home from after school from the time they actually got home with their parents. And one of the other things that um, I was tasked with was actually community outreach. Um, events such as Dia de los Niños, Green mm-hmm. Fest, uh, the Back to School Fair. And I actually brought this up in the forum last night, and I said, 10 years ago, I was at that job as a youth advisor, but doing community outreach work, and the same questions were asked. What, what is the township government? And then with the same follow-up of how come I'm not aware of the services that they provide? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's kind of frustrating. We're all taxpayers here. We're all paying into the tax roll, and yet we're not utilizing the very services that this township government is intended to do. And that's really why I'm running. Is to make people more aware of the services that are available um, so you can reach residents better. Correct? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. And that's actually one of the focal points of my campaign is community engagement, is really allowing the taxpayers, and I say that broadly, I use that term very broadly, taxpayers, but really the constituents of Aurora Township, of the resources in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's uh, heartening, especially during a time like this, a global pandemic, that a lot of folks aren't even aware of the general assistance program that they could be utilizing to help alleviate the stress of something as simple as a rental payment, you know, at their home or their apartment, whatever it may be. Um, And those kind of programs are available to them. But the thing is that nobody is aware of what's going on. And it's interesting because I think um, you were also a beneficiary of a community program, the Boys to Men mentorship program. Can you talk about that and how it impacted your decision to go into politics and your your network? Yeah, no, without, you know, Boys to Men is such a great organization. Clayton Muhammad has done a phenomenal job. Literally phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, explain what it is for people who don't know. Yeah, so Boys and Men is a mentorship program. Um, there's different facets to it. There's a younger age group called Boys and Men Juniors. Um, and then there's Boys and Men, which is really just the individuals between the ages of 13 up to 18 years old. And then from 18 up to now what I am, we're considered scholars is what we would be titled. And the idea is to have this network of individuals, this kind of community in its own that these young boys can actually come out to and reach out to for any type of assistance, any type of help they may need or any guidance they may need. It could be something, a personal matter at home or something as simple as 
filling out FAFSA or scholarships. So mm-hmm. Boys and Men really is just like a harmonious group of young men and young boys that are really just trying to make an impact in the community in a positive direction. I went to East Aurora High School. I'm a Tomcat, proud Tomcat, by the way. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, with that, there's just so many so many folks out in the community and even outside of Aurora have this preconceived notion of East Aurora itself. And when they see me or see people like me, whatever that may mean, they, they can't believe that I went to East Aurora. And it, it, it offends me. It offends me because I grew up here, proud of it. You know, there's hardworking men and women in this community that are put in situations that they can't take control of. And for those outside of the community to kind of place judgment upon them, it's an irking kind of sensation. With Boys of Men, you know, it really allowed a platform for a lot of these young men, especially young men of color, to really be put at that position to speak out on what's going on, to mm-hmm. speak to the community and ensure them that, hey, I'm up here speaking to an audience of a thousand people and hear me speak. You know, this is my time to talk. And it's, it's crazy. I, I don't know if you've ever been to like the Phenomenal Woman Awards or Phenomenal Man Awards ever. No. No? Oh, so no. it's a yearly event that, well, obviously with COVID last year, they didn't host it, but um, Boys and Men hosts uh, what they call the Phenomenal Man Awards, and then they host another event called the Phenomenal Woman Awards. And it's basically a, children from the ages of junior high up to high school receiving awards, certificates, just based off of grades, GPAs, you know, and something as simple as that, receiving that piece of paper that says, hey, you did a great job, goes a long way. And yeah. I see a lot of families out in the community because I still work on in the community today that still remember me either from the event or helping them take their seats at the event or speaking at the event itself. So it, it allows, again, like a good platform just to reach out. And like you mentioned, uh, kind of broaden the network of individuals that I see have gained, come in connection with beyond mm-hmm. who I know politically more so than anything in other organizations and other companies and things of that nature. So it really has allowed me to kind of like build that platform per se, if you want to say. Um, And I've enjoyed the organization and anybody that I come in contact with that asks me on any type of organization that's out there to help young men. That's the first one that comes out is Boys and Men. Well, shout out to Clayton Muhammad because he's been doing a (laughs) phenomenal job with that. Um, Yeah, he has been. And so what drove you to get into politics? Like, when did your aspirations, I know you mentioned since you were really young, but what Mm -hmm. said, like, this is what I want to do. How did you get to that point? Tell us a little bit more about your background growing up. Sure. So um, I grew up here on the east side, went to Archbishop Romero Catholic School, private school on the east side. Um, And then I attended East Aurora High School and graduated there, attended Wabonzi Community College for the first couple of years, and then went out to Aurora University where I got my BA in uh, business marketing. Um, between that time, there was a lot, obviously I worked, I worked through high school, I worked through college, just like a lot of other folks in this community. Um, but it's more so not because I had to, but my parents actually taught me um, the meaning of hard work and earning what you're wanting. So I remember uh, <laughs> we went to a, some music festival in Chicago with my family. And my little sister, at the time she was 13, she won a free little flip phone, AT&T. So I told my parents, she's 13. Like, I think I should be having a phone at this time. I was 16 at the time. And they said, if we get you a phone, you have to get a job. Like, because the idea, again, is just to learn and basically have the responsibility to actually follow through with what you're wanting. Because mm-hmm. they just handed in life. It's basically what my parents taught me. And um, 
That very next week, I went out and I got my first job. <laughs> <laughs> what did? What was it? Uh, I worked at Auntie Anne's Pretzels for like oh. yeah, through high school. Yeah, I, I I will tell you, I cannot stand their pretzels anymore because I ate too many of them. Because you ate too many. Oh, <laughs> so good. They're bad for you though. Oh yeah, but oh. It really started me off um, actually being involved more so politically, if um, that's the correct term is. When I was 18, um, I was actually brought on as a co-student board member for East Aurora School District. So myself and my co-board member, we were the voice of the students of a 15,000, 15, a body of 15,000 students, you know, of East Aurora School District. And we actually brought the first uh, public event that actually occurred with Latinos Unidos, um, where we really brought, again, families and geared specifically towards the Latino community. Um, because at that time, unfortunately, there just wasn't enough outreach out there. Mm-hmm. So it was really just an event to highlight a key piece of our community that kind of just bridge that gap more so than anything. And at 18 years old, I saw the power of being given that platform and what that allowed me to do. And from then on, I got in connections with a lot of folks during the school board meetings that said, hey, you should look into this or you should look to be involved in this. And that's where I gained uh, gained mentorship with uh, the gentleman by the name of Art Velasquez. He passed away a couple of years ago already. Oh, he was in charge of uh, the League of United Latin American Citizens chapter fifty two eighteen here in Aurora, um, and he brought me on to that, and that really kind of opened the doors to what impact not only as a Latino that I can make, um, but really as a young American, you know, more so than anything. And, kind of using the platform that I have and what I've seen with my family who had to come over here and struggle, you know, from Mexico and the struggle. And my so, so basically on my father's side, my father came over here, his first generation. And on my mother's side, they're third generation. So it, it was kind of a cool mix to kind of see like one family's been here for a while, the other one hasn't. Uh-huh. That kind of mix allowed me to understand that I have a good advantage point here to kind of take on more endeavors than most kids would probably do at the time. So at the age of 18, um, I was actually elected as a precinct committee person um, for Ward 1 District, or Precinct 4, I guess is a correct term to call it. But um, from then on out, I got involved with the Aurora Democratic Party and just started volunteering in campaigns. And it, it's, it's been a fun ride. And it's really exciting because politics sounds very boring sometimes. Um, as a lot of folks don't even have trust with the government right now. And I understand exactly why. Um, and that's kind of why I'm actually running as well is because there has to be some sort of transparency and accountability held to those in the elected, uh, elected offices. Um, the idea that, you know, we're on this, on this talk show right now and, you know, you asked what is township government? That's what over 90% of the people that I have spoken with the last few weeks while knocking on doors, while phone banking on the phone, they've asked the same question. What is township government? So I think that one question just says a lot in the failure of what we're doing here right now. And really, we haven't done our due diligence for the taxpayers. Um, And I think it's time really for some sort of change to occur to bring some revitalization in township government. And it doesn't really necessarily mean having to raise taxes or things of that nature. Um, But it really just is beginning deep and trying to realize what is it that we need to prioritize more so than anything. And for me, it's community engagement um, with, mm-hmm. uh, because if we don't have our community involved, educated and engaged in the processes that we're doing, then the results are what we have currently as the administration. Well, it sounds like you've learned a lot from 
reaching out to your community and understanding what those um, gaps are and you're rising to the occasion and wanting to fulfill that that gap and and do your part in in your role and what kind of impact do you hope to make so if you are elected uh, what kind of impact are you looking to make so uh, that's actually a really good question a few years back while i was working at the city of aurora i was a neighborhood specialist at the time with cheryl morafield you know cheryl um, I, no, I don't actually. Oh, sure, Morafield. Yeah, so she she was uh, heavily involved as well. Um, part of the, basically what we were, we were in charge of neighborhood groups throughout the city of Aurora, and basically um, either creating new neighborhood groups or re- revamping them in a sense. Existing groups are in the city, and the idea was really just to bridge a gap of communication between city officials, elected officials, the Aurora Police Department, and the constituents of Aurora. Um, and it was a grassroots movement because it really was knocking on doors, getting, talking with people, asking them questions, concerns that they're looking for answers or questions they need answers for. Um, and with that, you know, establishing these neighborhood groups, bringing in resources, bringing in the police department into this. And that was during a time, a dire need of a time where, you know, there was just that there was a huge gap between everyone. Um, and that kind of gave me a lot of the experience that I feel that I have currently for this role as a trustee. Um, the experience of actually being able to go on, knock on doors, ask the questions that the hard questions that a lot of people don't want to ask, um, trying to find solutions, you know, for them. Um, and really as a role as a trustee, that again allows me that platform to ensure the taxpayers that I will be making decisions not for my own sole benefit, but really for them. And that's where we incorporate everything else that we're talking about. It's really going to have to be some sort of grassroots movement to ensure that we can market this township government in a better way that it is being marketed right now. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's not being marketed because nobody has any idea what it is. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some of the values that you want to bring with the leadership that you have, right? Like when you're fulfilling in, um, this role in leadership as a public servant, what are some of those core values that you hold dear, that you want to, you want to bring with you? Um, in, in values, can you, uh, can you elaborate just a little bit more? Sorry. Yeah. Like values of, um, you said transparency earlier. So that seems to be really important and, um, trust, right. You want to be able to have the public trust, um, in the decisions that you're making. So Mm -hmm. what are some of those other foundational values that are really important as you, um, are, you know, serving in the capacity? No, without a doubt. So you touch on a couple right there. So accountability, obviously holding those on office accountable for what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh, transparency to build that trust again, you know, with the community especially. Um, as I mentioned earlier, a time like now where a lot in the community, a lot of folks in the community aren't even aware of some of the resources that are available to them. Um, to me, it, it just shows that the due diligence is not being done, obviously. Um, another thing, obviously, that we've been touching on is community engagement. Uh, and that's very, I think that's the if not, actually, that is my highest priority out of everything. It's really just getting out there into the community. On the forum last night, there was a lot so, of candidates. I'll, I'll, I'll stop. So when you say community engagement, would that be more like um, a core value of like work ethic? Is that, Or is it more of like um, reaching your audience in a way that they are where they are, reaching them where they are? 
So when you say community engagement, I mean, there have been previous community engagement efforts, um, but why have some of them not been reached? Is it like a language barrier? Is it uh, communication, maybe digital versus versus like in-person or mail-in? What are some of those obstacles that have prevented it in the past that you think can be changed to influence it in the future? Yeah, so actually you touched on one key piece there is communication itself. Um, something as simple as social media platform, right? Um, that's something that's free, won't cost, cost taxpayers anything, but that's a platform that it speaks volumes as to how many people you can actually reach. Mm-hmm. Um, starting something like that, that actually ensures that people can be active on it. You know, questions can be asked, comments will be answered, messages, you know, responded to in a timely manner. I'm sure folks reach out to you and you have to make sure that you answer in a timely manner, not weeks on end afterwards. Um, another platform would be, <laughs> another platform, you know, is something as simple as a website. Um, getting onto the website is a difficult thing. Um, and really it is not, it is not user friendly whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Again, not having to use so much of the taxpayer's dollars to really revamp the website but kind of revitalizing the website as it is now in its current state. And it could it, be revamped. It yeah. could be. I saw it earlier today. I was like, oh, this could be updated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be, and, you know, the biggest piece of all, and um, you're going to be surprised, okay, um, is the language barrier. There is nothing on there in Spanish, okay? And the township government consists of over 50%. The township constituents consists of over 50% of Latino population. Yeah. Okay. And that means not only that not necessarily means that every single one of them only speaks Spanish, but a large population in Aurora itself only speaks Spanish. Um, when I was helping with the, I used to be, uh, I used to help with the township uh, soccer program that they had. And every weekend, over four or 500 people would come in, you know, either into the facility or in the outdoor program at the soccer field there on Jackson and Montgomery Road. And the majority of those families spoke Spanish. So every time I would always have informative guides with me to kind of tell them, hey, you know, you should check out our program or after school program because I also worked after school program. And honestly, I loved what I did. It was some of the best years of my life. Seeing the impact that you can make and kind of like molding these kids in a good path, you know, and taking them down a good direction, giving them mentorship and things of that nature. I thought, man, if I could reach as many people as I could, I will. So even though I was tasked with just monitoring the soccer fields, I ensured I would reach out to those families. And even up until now, I speak to a lot of the same families. I see a lot of the same kids working at stores such as Cermak, Jewel Osco locally in the area. And we still discuss those kind of things. And I feel that that kind of shows a result of the impact that I had on them in a positive way more so than anything. Um, otherwise, they probably wouldn't want to even talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, and a lot of listeners, they, they, they tune in because they like to hear your, your, your life lessons too. Some nuggets of wisdom that you can share to the audience. Um, so I'm going to ask some, some deeper questions here. Yeah. Um, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? What makes you get up in the morning and have a drive to serve others um, and not just, you know, be a husband and a, and a, and a dad because you have a five-month-old baby now? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, this, as cliche as this may sound, um, ever since little Samuel Alejandro was born, that's, that's been the biggest drive out of anything. Um, honest to God, when I was first uh, thinking about running, um, I was very skittish. You know, I'm, I'm confident in what I bring, but I'm always skittish. I'm like, oh, man, you know what? Um, how am I going to do this? I, I work. I'm a father now. I'm married. 
you know, maintenance of a home, things of that nature that it, it happens in everyone's life. Um, but I truly look back at all the life lessons my dad taught me, you know, and um, about hard work and perseverance and the stories and struggles that he had to go through were nowhere near my struggles, nowhere near. So I thought to myself, how am I going to excuse myself from an opportunity to serve the people? Something that I know I, I am been wanting to do for so long. Um, and I, I can't turn away this opportunity. And I had a conversation with my dad and it was the same talk. You know what? I'm going to sit you down <laughs> kind of thing. And me dio sus consejos. And we started talking a little bit more. And um, he, he kind of pushed me to say, you know what? You, you, you know what's right. And you know what you should be doing. If you feel that this is something that you know you will put 100% effort into, then go for it. Then go for it. And, and I sat back a little bit. And uh, one day I got a call from my uncle, actually. And he said, hey, Sam, I need some more of your petitions. And I said, petitions? Yeah, I'm out here getting signatures for you. And I was like, <laughs> what? So, like That's the, a good deal right there. <laughs> yeah. I swear, I told my wife right away, I said, this is a sign from God, honestly, because here it was just like, thinking, I'm, I'm not going to do this. You know, and I, there's, I have no time for this. Just excuse after excuse after excuse. Um, and when I got that call from my uncle, I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this now. And yeah, kind of like allowed me to give me, that, that was like a sign to me, you know, more so than anything that I, I was meant to do this. And I was meant to try to pursue this as best as I can. What advice would you give someone who is wanting to get into a similar pathway or, or politics? Honestly, there is no age limit to getting involved. As I mentioned earlier, I, I've been involved in the community in many facets since the age of 16 and always feel confident in going up to those that you feel that you shouldn't be asking questions to or you shouldn't be having conversations with. I've had plenty of conversations between the ages of 18 to 22 with congressmen, with U.S. senators, with Mayor Weisner at the time, and just a lot of elected officials that you would think that a young person should not have conversations with or be involved with in any aspect, but really just have the confidence of going up there and just being involved. There is no age limit to this. There is no uh, discrimination towards that whatsoever. I think now more than ever is the biggest opportunity for our youth to understand that they are going to make the biggest impact and they will be molding the country in the future. So the idea that I'm 29 years old and I'm given the opportunity to be given the platform such as this one with you, which I appreciate, and to speak on stuff like this, I really hope that a lot of the younger youth really take this as, man, you know what? I'm, I can do something like that. Just as easy. It really is. It all starts with a conversation and it builds up from there. So I would say just have the confidence of going up and doing what you want to do and really pursuing that more so than anything. And when you would reach out to them, senators or congressmen or mayors, what would you say? Honestly, it was a simple conversation. A lot of folks never remembered my name ever, but it was so persistent. I would say, Hi, Andrea, how are you? You know, or hey, how, and, you know, we saw each other last week at the Aurora Dems meeting or I was at your campaign rally. Great job on your speech. Uh, it's just kind of referencing where I was with them before or where I saw them before and just gearing into the conversation. And that's when they become more interested when they see a young face coming up to them with that kind of confidence and saying, wow, this kid, I made an impact with a kid. <laughs> you know, I guess I'm doing something right. And so it's simple stuff like that, honestly. It's just, uh, so I'm in sales now, and, and that's what I do. Um, <laughs> so really, I feel like I've always meant to be in sales. Politician is not, is not a salesperson. I don't want to compare that whatsoever. But more so than anything, it, it allowed me to kind of mold myself to really build that confidence in myself, to have those conversations, 
to even start a conversation more so than anything. It's funny because uh, I was looking back. I don't use Twitter too much, but I I opened my account and I think I only have like one or two tweets, if anything. But there was a tweet in there from Congressman Foster that I had from like 2013, way back when. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like at you know at Sam Nunez by the congressman. Like I could not believe this. And then so I told my I told Yana I was like, man, maybe I should start using this platform again. That's kind of cool, you know, to go back and be able to reference at a congressperson. You know, mentioned you in their tweets. Yeah, you got to get on Twitter. All of the politicians are on Twitter. Oh, like, well, we saw <laughs> except one, one right now. Where do you find inspiration? I know you mentioned uh, Samuel Alejandro, right, mm-hmm. your son. But what else do you find inspiration in that that really pulls you forward? Um, is there anything else that inspires you, motivates you? I would say a lot of the struggles that I have seen throughout the last 10, 12 years of my life um, in the community as a whole, uh, I, I've been able to be in positions where I've been able to reach just a lot of people, um, have a lot of conversations with folks who have been um, affected in many aspects, I, whether financially, um, through gang violence, um, you know, personal matters that they have gone through, whatever it may have been. and and honestly, hearing their stories and seeing them feel helpless in a sense is what really pushes me to think, wow, like there's so much out there that we should be doing for these folks and not just sitting back and, you know, raising taxes or not explaining to people what we're doing with their money, you know, what kind of return on investment is our community actually getting with the taxes they're giving, you know, for example, township government. Um, so those are the kind of the things that really do push me to drive forward. It's kind of the injustices more so than anything that I, I won't say there's any, like, I call them injustices because they're personal matters per individual, but truly, obviously someone's not doing their job correctly because these people are out here thinking that they have no one out there to get any help from. When in reality, there are so many resources and so many organizations out there that they can be connected to. Um, it's just a matter of connecting them to it. Um, and I think that's the job of, of government, whether it be township, the city, whatever aspect of the government it is, it's, it's their duty to really take care of those folks that they pay their bills, to be honest, because taxpayers are the ones paying those individuals. So mm-hmm. the day I feel that um, that kind of injustice is what really is pushing me more so than anything. What book or movie or audio content um, or learning tools have you used that help you stay fresh and keep perspective and and stay educated on the policies and the issues? Um, Is there anything that you can recommend? Um, I read a lot of Huffington Post, but that's more national news. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But honestly, just getting started locally. Um, For example, I'm part of the Aurora Democratic Party. Whether you're a Republican or Democrat, just get involved with your local party. And really, that's where it all branches off from. Because there's a lot of resources that one can use with just that core group of people that are at those meetings. Because they become they become your friends and practically like family, you know. Um, you see them grow and they see you grow at the same time. But all the while, we're staying in this close-knit communication, kind of going back and forth, understanding what are the important issues that need to be addressed and why. And how can we accomplish it more so than anything? Um, and I think really that's where folks need to start is locally. Because um, it's, it's always great to be involved nationally and everything, but 
one of the things that I feel um, that all of us, all of us do, even me at one point, um, is we do not pay attention to our local, you know, our local governments and our local elections where it truly makes a direct impact everybody. Um, that's why I try to tell, spread the word out as much as I can, uh, especially about these primaries coming up. February 23rd, by the way, um, is election day. <laughs> February 23rd. <laughs> February 23rd. Uh, but early voting has already begun at the Aurora Satellite Office and in Geneva as well, if people are wondering. But um, honestly, it's, it's really just starting locally. Um, and, you know, one of the sayings, and it's probably a cliche as well, but my dad has always taught me is, you are who you surround yourselves with with you know and it's true because and it's weird because i was just talking about this with Ileana as well and a couple of my friends that i have different groups of friends and i'm sure everyone does you know you have your group of friends over here your family friends over here your political friends over here your your business endeavor friends over here whatever it is but at one point or the other they all have to make some sort of positive impact in your life um and i think that's one thing that folks need to understand as well is especially the youth, if I, if I may touch on that as well, is sometimes we, we've got to let go of certain individuals in our lives. And it's not a matter of just cutting ties and letting it go, but really knowing, are these individuals making a good impact in my life? Or are they going to be able to help me in some facet in the future, you know, grow as an individual? Um, and I think that has allowed me to really shape myself into the individual I am now. You know, it's because I have a good core group of friends a core group of family and support um, that really at any beck and call, I can call anybody. And I know for a fact they have, they would have my back and same here for all of them. So um, I think that's, that's an important thing as well. Yeah. Be careful who you surround yourself with. Oh, yeah, matters. And then diversify as well. Right. Oh yes, exactly. Yeah. Get out there basically. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see yourself in the future? Where do you want to be five years? Within five years, I would hope by that time I'm in Mexico. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always thought, no, I always talk to, uh, talk to my wife about, you know, the potential of, oh, let's go move out to Mexico. But no, honestly, um, I, I've always been a firm believer of investing in your own community. And that is the only way you're truly going to make change. So my wife and I, we purchased a house on the east side of Aurora, you know, so in our little baby is actually part of the Tomcat Juniors program. Pre-Soror School District. So we're... Wait, what is the Tomcat Jr.? Yes, program? yes. It's actually really, really cute. <laughs> what is it? He's an actual student for the school district. How? He's a baby. He's a baby, but he's a smart baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it a, like a Montessori program? Is it like a private program? What is this? Um, yeah, well, it's actually a, a public program. It's uh, anyone that lives within Soror School District boundaries can apply for this program. And it's, um, I may be seeing the name wrong and I'll get you the information for sure, but I know it's basically like the Tomcat Junior Program. And uh, essentially what it is, is we have class, like, I don't know, I think twice or three times a month, um, just with milestones, you know, typical milestones that a baby is supposed to be going through and mm. kind of teaching us, like ensuring us that, hey, what he's doing at this point is okay. And what he's doing at this point is okay. Kind of just guiding us through the process. Oh, that's cute. It, it is. And then there's little homework assignments like, oh, uh, what was it? Oh, he should be noticing color this week. So um, be sure to notate, you know, what you feel that he notices the most. And I think the first color he started noticing was yellow. Yeah, he has a little Simba. We're a big Disney family. So he has a little Simba doll. And that was the first like bright color that you could see his eyes just open up. Like, man, I love that color. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> You know, and, and I say all this because um, 
again, I'm a firm believer of investing in your community to make change. And the only way of doing it is really just diving in there. So when I say I'm a taxpayer, I am a taxpayer. When I say I am concerned because our constituents aren't aware of the programs that the township government or even school district or the city, whatever it may be, they're not aware of the programs or resources that are at their fingertips. That makes me concerned because I have every right as a taxpayer to be concerned. Yeah. You should as well. Um, And really, um, that's kind of like where this all comes into play is in order for me to make any type of change or any type of difference, I just have to jump right into the race. And that's what I'm doing now. What are some things that you've learned from marriage and fatherhood that you can impart with us? Um, this is cliche too. Nothing's ever easy. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> no, you know, um, it's, it, it's hard. It's, it's very hard because, um, it's not only myself to have to worry about, right. Cause this takes up a lot of time. Campaign work takes a lot yeah. of time. Um, every day after work, um, when I get home, I'm either strategizing on what I'm going to be doing in the next couple of hours or next couple of days, or for that very weekend, um, just to ensure that I'm knocking on doors correctly. Um, and when I say correctly, obviously strategizing where I should be at people Mm -hmm. would be vote on. Um, and you know, it was really a a tough conversation to have to say, Hey, you know, I I like, I, um, I love to be involved, Ileana, and I kind of want to try this too. (laughs) Yeah. What did she say? No, she was all up for it. She was all up for it. She knew, like she said, she knew who she married. (laughs) Yeah. She said, you know, she, she told me, she said, you've been wanting to do something like this for a while. And I think it's long overdue like that. You need to finally just jump into this. And she knows the passion that I have specifically for the township because I was an employee there. I saw firsthand exactly the struggles of a lot of the folks that were coming in and in the community that weren't even aware of what we could provide for them. Um, And so some of the struggles over the last few years, you know, have been difficult, but um, through each struggle and each obstacle, I think I've, learn something out of it. And that's, I think the most important thing is I can look back and say, okay, I learned my lesson there, or I know that this is wrong or this is right. And just really just gear myself to not make the same mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> happy house or no, how was the saying? Happy wife, happy life. Happy oh yeah. Home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck and I, I hope that, uh, that, that you do well, right? You, you, yeah, serve, you serve with heart and um, I'm excited to see where this takes you. So thank you for joining and, and uh, being a guest on the show. Appreciate oh, Thank it. you very much for your time. And I appreciate you uh, allowing me some time to be given this platform again to speak on this. Um, I hope I was able to answer all your questions. <laughs> you did. You did a great <laughs> job, Sam. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, do you mind if I just give a quick information guide real quick? No, not at all. Um, Folks out there, you can find me um, on Facebook, Sam Nunez for Aurora Township Trustee. Um, I believe I shared the link, right? Andrea? Yes. I, I will post the link on the website, okay. yes. And um, also, on top of that, early voting has begun, again, at the King County Clerk Satellite Office in Aurora, at 5 East Downer, uh, Suite F, which is right around the corner of Subway, and then at their Geneva office as well. Um, other than that, primary elections are February 23rd, so please go out and vote. And if I can be humble enough to gain your support, I would greatly appreciate that. Awesome. Well, thank Thank you, you. Sam. Appreciate it.
Thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Andrea. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you making the time to listen to mine. If you like this show and want to know more, check out TuesdaysWithAndrea.com or please leave a review on iTunes or drop a line in the YouTube comment section. Until next time, please stay kind in your mind, nice on the web, and stay hella hopeful in your heart.